0: It's, it's almost like children. I mean, if you're really honest about children, the day in day out a lot of times is drudgery. <laughs> but if you look at the overall, for most of us who have children, we are blessed and, and it's joyful.
1: This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I go all-in on the football metaphors to give you a marriage playbook. Stay tuned. The holidays are around the corner and we're going to be sharing a lot of tips in the coming weeks, from dealing with in-laws to holiday gift guides to special wine deals through our hitched wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. To make sure you don't miss out on any of this information or the special deals, Go to hitchedmag.com and sign up for our free newsletter. Again, you can join our email list at hitchedmag.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi Steve. So we okay so I, <laughs> I'm going to start off really quick here and say that uh, we are in the heat of the of the football season um, and as Karen said to me off air I am a total football freak uh, which is true and so my brain works in crazy ways and um, I see things all the time and I you know, because I have marriage stuff on my brain all the time i 'm constantly thinking like, "Well, how would that translate into a marriage and a relationship, and you know if we treated this this as we treat that and all that kind of stuff?" So I thought, what if we treated our marriages or thought of our marriages, how NFL teams think of their uh, business um, and so like right now i 'm looking at roster cuts that are going on in the NFL. And, you know, it's really interesting because there's a lot of strategy that goes behind it. So a lot of teams will wait until the final deadline to cut somebody because they don't want somebody else to pick them up. And it got me thinking, you know, is it because these people show potential and they're not quite executing and all that kind of stuff. And it gets into one of those things where it's like, you know, one man's trash is another person's treasure and all that stuff. Um, And so anyways, I'm going to beat the crap out of these metaphors here today but hopefully it won't be too outrageous and too out there to follow along um and i hope it's a little bit fun um and you know we'll just use the nfl season as kind of a or or as a jumping off point for all this stuff
0: I think it's going to be fun, Steve. And I think, you know, like you, a lot of times I see life through that same filter. I look around and I see things and I say, oh, there's something that I can use as a parallel to good relationships and all. So, so let's go with it.
1: Yeah. And one last thing is I, a lot of times, um, it's how people are able to absorb the message. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, somebody could tell you to do something and then somebody else t- basically tells you the exact same thing but they presented it in a different manner and all of a sudden it clicks like, oh, that (laughs) makes so much more sense now.
0: Right. Absolutely. So hopefully that's kind of what – So maybe our football fans and our men will get some of this. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There you go. So um, uh, wives, if you're listening – and I'm going to be totally gender biased here. I actually know a lot of women who are big football fans – um, but if you've been trying to get your husband or man to get some relationship advice, tell them to download this episode. This is the one for them. Um, so, OK, let's kick this thing off. Uh, so I guess my first question would be um, thinking t- thinking about are you making the cut in your marriage? Meaning do you feel that you're putting in the effort that if your spouse was you know, having a draft or making roster cuts, would you make the cut – today, um, are you putting in the effort, you know, in, in the to- the extra time or whatever it would be to make that cut today? Uh, you, this is a tough question. So I want to just ask you, Karen, how would you assess something like this?
0: Okay. So since we're uh, saying, we're going to go with stereotypes here and say that since we're doing a, a football metaphor, this is mostly for the men. I'm going to say that, unfortunately a lot of men don't even realize when the relationship is in trouble, when they're not making the cut. Um, there's lots of reasons for this. Um, but men in general will work under the premise of, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they're not even cognizant when things are starting to be problematic. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I'm gonna say is you need to open up your eyes a little bit. You need to be a little bit more mindful and more aware of what's happening. So, you know, there's an old joke about, you know, when you say to a woman, how are things? And she says, fine, then you ought to know that they're not fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are things that you can look for. And I think that that's really what you're asking, Steve. So, and and this can really go both ways. If you see that your partner is not wanting to spend time with you, if they're not smiling a lot around you, um, if they're not involving you in conversations. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be talk, 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 talk to each other all the time. That's yeah. ridiculous. And there's lots of time that you can be spending in a room together, not even conversing, and still have those wonderful, silent, shared moments. That it's, Again, so I'm not saying you've got to be interacting all the time. But there is a difference between sitting in a room where one of you is looking at the stats for football and the other one is reading a book you're not conversing at all and yet you're still sharing pleasant time with each other
1: so is this one of those things where when somebody walks into the room and the mood of the room changes yes you you know one of those kind of things where you have to just kind of gauge did the mood go up go down stay the same Right. But, but of
0: course, listen to what you just said. You have to gauge, which means you have to be open to assessing it. So you want to basically notice, you know, is there interaction? Is there smiling? Is there a desire to be with each other? Um, you know, does your mate respond to you when you make gestures? You know, one of the things that Gottman says very often is when one mate puts out a gesture. Is it reciprocated? When there is a gesture made and there's no response from the other partner, that is very indicative that there's a problem, that you're not going to be making the cut. You're not being desired by your mate.
1: And I just want to add uh your Gottman references, Dr. John Gottman, yes. famous marriage researcher.
0: Yes, I'm sorry. You know, we talk about Gottman so often on the podcast <laughs> that I just assume everybody knows who we're talking about. Thanks, Steve.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it I I'm I'm glad you threw that out there in terms of of you know knowing if you're gonna make the cut. And also I think this gets into uh, an an extended metaphor of like how are you doing in the standings, right? Because Mm -hmm. in in football or any other sport for that matter, um, you really know if you're in last place or you're in first place. It's very cut and dry. But in marriage – and this is one of the tough things that I have discovered over the years of running Hitched is marriage is such a private thing for so many people um, and we talk about it all the time, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, so it's hard to gauge yourself against another couple in that way that you would if you're a sports team gauging it against the performance of other teams out there in the league. So you pointing out how do you feel when your spouse walks into the room? Are you enjoying time together? Um, are they reciprocating kind gestures and that sort of thing? I think that's a a really solid um, piece of advice that you offered because it it doesn't translate like it would in some other aspects of your life or sports for that matter.
0: Right, right. I mean I I think my biggest concern is you're right. You can't compare yourself necessarily to other couples – but what I get concerned about is when couples come to see me, and one is totally clueless that there was anything even wrong in the marriage. Yeah, that's that's a real problem.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they were cut three weeks ago, and they just don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so if your marriage, uh, let's say, were, uh, was made up of different positions, like on a, a football roster, you have your offensive positions, you have your defensive positions. Um, what are some marriage positions that a couple should look at to see where they can improve?
0: You know, when I when I first think about this question, my immediate reaction is that if you're on the defensive all the time, mm-hmm. that that's not a good position to be in, Um but that being said if you're on the offense all the time that's not real good either so you really want to strike a balance in your relationship so if you're first of all the one who's always attacking and there's no i i want couples to bring up their concerns but what often happens and now will be stereotypical on the female side is that a woman will hold in her feelings Thinking that she is um, doing the the relationship justice, she doesn't want to be nagging all the time. But then it builds and builds and builds, and by the time she lets it out, she's attacking. So mm-hmm. she's offensive, and she is offensive. Um, and and on the other hand, guys will tend to not say anything, not say anything, or because he's so defensive, um, you know, will end up either withholding information or presenting it in a way that's not totally upfront. That's not a good position either. So it is always better if the couple can uh, go to one another in an authentic way and in a direct way.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to throw another metaphor out there. Should, Should you have some sort of playbook to execute this stuff?
0: Well, sure, the playbook is that we will be open and honest with each other and try to present what is upsetting us in a way that's not attacking the other person, but how a certain situation objectively has ended up making us feel. That would be the playbook.
1: Okay. And then I'm also assuming you kind of tackle these issues one at a time. Oh, yes. Kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. You don't want to bring a million things in all at once and you don't want to talk about everything all at once because then it's just too much. And you also don't want to wait because then there's the buildup and that's what leads to it being, you know, an attack on women's end most of the time.
1: Yeah. So if I may, uh, you know, relate this back to football for those listening and might do better with the metaphor, Um, you know, take it one play at a time, a common mm-hmm. <laughs> a common thing that coaches say that drives me crazy, although it's true. Um, and, you know, if you try to do too much at once, you're going to be, you know, in the fourth quarter throwing Hail Marys as opposed to cruising along, getting getting your yards and scoring your points as time goes on. So um,
0: I, I'm going to I want to say something about the Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, and this goes back to the first thing we were discussing, but it's really, really important. It's a, it's an important signal for guys to pick up. Um if if your wife has been complaining a lot mm-hmm. and then she stops, do not misinterpret that as, oh thank goodness she's finally stopped nagging. If a if a woman has been coming to you and telling you this is upsetting me, this is really bothering me, I think we may need to pay attention to this, and then she stops, that's a danger sign. Um, and that pretty much means she has attempted to come to you, um, a lot of times and doesn't feel whatever she's doing is working. And so now she's starting to give up. And so, um, you don't want to have to be put in the position of a Hail Mary because many women at that point will feel like too little too late.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so if, if it reaches that point where your wife has started to shut down, that for sure should be a neon sign to you of, oh my goodness, I really better start paying attention.
1: Okay. So uh, again, it's it's one of these things that seems counterintuitive when you when you first hear it, which is if they're not complaining, um, that actually is a bad thing because That's that correct. means they don't care any enough anymore. That's right. To put in that effort to try to get you to change. That's right. Or listen to them or whatever it may be. Right. Um. Okay. Great. And. My next question for you is, do you think a marriage needs a motivational leader?
0: They may at times. They may. Um, You know, relationships um, are going to run through bumps and ups and downs, and um, it may need that one of them sort of, you know, injects a little extra energy into it or says, you know, okay, let's uh, take, a day trip today or let's do something different or, um, you know, does something that helps to put a little bit more oomph back into the relationship. Um, and it could be either either person. Um, I think that if one of the persons is constantly complaining, I'm tired of being the initiator, Mm -hmm. it would probably be a good idea for the person who hasn't been initiating to take the ball and run with it. That's probably the best (laughs) analogy. That was so
1: well done. So well done. (laughs)
0: Um, because that will be appreciated and make, score a lot more points. Um, but I think that, you know, at times there's nothing wrong with one person, uh, you know, being the one that, that takes the lead a little bit.
1: Okay. And I like to think of the, I mean, I I am not like a huge rah-rah guy, but I am a very, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I am intensely motivated, and the things around me. Um, Like I, 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 I need motivation. I thrive on it. I chew it. I eat it. I breathe Mm it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not a person that's like, let's go do it everybody. Like that's Mm -hmm. just not my style. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, And so I can, I guess I'm I'm trying to get at is, do you have any tips on um, knowing what your spouse's motivational style is so that you can, um, get them up and running without like kind of like making them upset, which is not your goal in the end?
0: Um, I think that that is going to be a matter of having paid attention to them okay. and just knowing the kinds of things that, you know, appeals to them. Uh, so let's say if I was Jesse, that's your wife, for those people who haven't in- You know, hurt us often, Um, and I know that you are a football freak. Then, uh, let's say I feel that you know things have been kind of not so great lately. We need a, a little burst of energy. I might say, you know what I I did. Um, I bought these football tickets and I'm thinking that maybe we should do our own version of a tailgate party and let's have a picnic first so that we can spend some time with each other. And then we go to this football game and, you know, maybe it won't be so annoying if I ask you a whole bunch of questions and that might spur you because then, you know, you feel like, look, she's put in this effort and she's showing an interest in what I like. And, you know, we're going to have a little of this private time together in this picnic.
1: Mm, Okay. Uh, Moving on. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, In all sports, injuries happen. Yes. And what are some of your tips to make it through uh, and to continue to move forward when your spouse, let's just say, isn't feeling their best emotionally, physically, whatever it might be?
0: Well, I think that you have to look at, at hopefully that your marriage is a long-term commitment and you've got to understand that in any long-term situation, there's going to be days that are good, not good. Sometimes you're going to lose a game, but that doesn't mean you lose the season and, um, you've got to be there for the long haul. So, um, you know, when you took your vows, you understood that not, not all of it was going to be terrific. Um, and you know, you, you've got to be there for your partner. Um, if unfortunately it is something that is very traumatic, whether it be a mental issue, whether it be a physical issue, you know, God forbid, God forbid that they were in a car accident and they're laid up for months, you know, you might need some outside support to help you through it, but you don't give up on, the person that you love just because you're going through rough times. You certainly wouldn't want them to give up on you if you were going through it. So you have to, you know, think in terms of the long-term commitment and that by being there for this person and you, as I said, you might need some outside support for yourself, but by being there for this person, you're working together as a team. And, uh, there are different ways that you can be there for each other, even, um, if they're not there in whole, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that they can't give in every way that they were giving during some of the difficult times.
1: Yeah. I mean, most people in their vows when they got married have, in, you know, in sickness and in health. Right. Part of their vows. Uh, right. I, I also like to think of this a little bit, uh, kind of like you are your spouse's franchise player. And when they're when you're the franchise player, you have invested a lot of resources in that player, and so you wouldn't just give up on you know if Michael Jordan got hurt or Peyton Manning gets hurt, you don't just get rid of him. Right. Uh, You you know help through the rehab because you know they're going to be there next season and be the be the man. Right. 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 um, Okay. Uh, Unlike a sports season, though, marriage uh, doesn't have a Super Bowl um, where there's like this end point. And I think for anybody who's ever been an athlete, one of the motivating factors is there's that th- thing that happens at the end oh. of every season that you're striving for. You're going right. for the Olympic gold medal. You're going for the Super Bowl, the world series, the national championship, whatever it is, right? Marriage, mm-hmm. there isn't that, um, you know, if you're lucky, you die together. That's, I mean, that's really, that's the, that's the end game. Um, so how, like, do you, do you have any ideas or thoughts on how you can stay motivated um, to to keep putting forth that effort year in, year out when there isn't a, a Super Bowl per se?
0: I think it's, again, the matter of perspective, looking at, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like children. I mean, if you're really honest about children, the day in, day out, a lot of times is drudgery. But if you look at the overall, for most of us who have children, we are blessed and and it's joyful. And marriage is the same way. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of effort, and um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. But when you look at it, there's the little joys. There's the comfort. There's the um, shared glances that you have with each other because you've come to know each other and and you know those shared moments and everything um and there are things obviously that you can do that allow you to have that connection with each other so as we've said so often it's the little things it's Mm -hmm. the appreciation it's you know um uh noticing each other letting each other know that you matter and um, there was research several years ago, and this fits in perfectly with your football, that it really is very important that you be a cheerleader for each other mm-hmm. that when you don't try to change who your partner is, but really help your mate be the best person they can be that and and encourage them and motivate them in that direction, that that makes your mate feel good about who he or she is and also enhances the marriage so As you do that, if the person feels good, then they're going to give you their best. And then, you know, every couple impact each other. So, as you know, this is my old action reaction. Mm -hmm. When one person is feeling good and positive, they want to make it good and positive for their mate. And then that person feels good and positive and then it flips back the other way. And so then you're working together and coming up with something that is bigger than both of them. You know, the, the two parts are um, creating something that's bigger than both of them. And when you're, when you know that that can exist, and when you know that in the quiet moment, so to speak, the, the joy, the, the deep down sense of connection that you share just with this other person, that's your gold medal mm. um you know the uh, i guess wait a minute you you didn't go karen that was brilliant
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was i mean you really were laying it on thick at the end there um yeah. but, <laughs> but i get okay so i guess this gets to my point though is it you, you know you're emphasizing how people should embrace these small moments right um but in sports there are these pinnacle moments
0: uh-huh
1: um i guess if i'm trying to make some sort of a connection here what about like anniversaries would it be would it be something where you can you know strive to make it like this year you know every anniversary like this year we're going to make this our best marriage year ever is that is that like something that you i don't know is that too hokey <laughs> I don't know.
0: It's not hokey. I I think that you can do that. Um, to me, I, I mean, when, when my husband and I get to our anniversary, you know, we look back and we say, wow, look at how many years and look how, how fast it's gone and everything. Um I'm having a hard time with this, Steve, because I guess from my own personal experience, it's more about what I was describing the other way. But sure, you could you could look at it your anniversary. The problem, I guess, I'm having is that if you happen to hit a rough spot mm-hmm. right before your anniversary, um, it might be hard to look at the anniversary and say, "Okay, we we made it." Oh or, yeah. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. You know, know we, I, could,
1: we also talk about how people will um, reflect on things uh, through the lens of how they're currently feeling.
0: Right. So, right.
1: you know, I, you, th- this actually reminded me of something. Okay. So I have, I have a little something here. Um, and I've mentioned this, but I, I, it's been a long time. So if you're relatively new to this podcast, uh, you might not have heard this one before. So one of the things that Jess and I have done is, and this might've been, we might've done this on like our very first anniversary. So we took a picture of us and put it in a frame and it was like this long, vertical frame. And so it was just actually kind of a tiny picture, but it had a lot of frame underneath it. I mean, it's like a solid piece of wood underneath it. And what we did was we wrote like a 10 year anniversary, like 10 year anniversary goals. Like these are the things that we want to accomplish in the next 10 years. And so, um, we, are, have, have, fortunately, we've been able to check off a lot of these things that we have on this. And they're like, some of them are like pretty easy to do, and some of them are like crazy lofty. Um, but, you know, we're both goal driven people that way. And so I found that was actually kind of cool to have something like that where we kind of put out like this blueprint of where we want to be in 10 years and what we want to do. And so some of them are where we want to be and other things are literally like things we want to do. Um, And so it might be like some European vacation or something, for example, like we want to do this in the next 10 years. So it's not like 30 years goes by and it's like, well, what did we do with those 30 years? Um, So anyways, that was, that's something that we have done that I, that has worked for us. Because every once in a while, we can look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that is something that we've always wanted to do. And why haven't we tried to do that or put that in motion?
0: I think that that's a very nice idea. I've never heard that, by the way, Steve. I think that that's a very, no, I think that that's a very nice idea. Um, As I'm thinking about it, I think what Rich and I do on our our anniversaries is we reflect back on the past year Mm. and talk about what has gone on and where we've been um and you know we just sort of use it as a way of assessing um you know where we've come and what we want to do moving forward and I guess my point in bringing that up is that I think for every couple it has to be very personal sure uh as to what is going to make them feel as if um what what they've accomplished in their marriage or where their marriage stands um, is something that will feel right for them.
1: Yeah. Well, reflecting too, as we know by research, um, reminiscing is good for the relationship as well. And I was also thinking about how you were talking about how you guys reminisce about your marriage over the past year. Um, I think one of the things that couples can do is – we document things like crazy today because technology makes it so easy. This might be a good use for all those pictures that you've taken over the past year mm. to kind of like go through a couple of them and, you know, and be like, Oh, check that. You know, look at this. Yeah. I put together these, you know, these things like, wow, we did a lot this year. I mean, I, I know um, Jess and I do that sometimes where it's like, wow, we actually did a lot. Like, I yeah. I can't believe like the places we went or the things that we did, I mean, wow. I mean, time flies, but then you look back and you're like, wow, we knocked out quite a few things this year.
0: Right. Right. And reminiscing is always good. Pictures are always good to help you reconnect. That's, yeah. a, that's a wonderful tool for reconnecting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Karen, I got to say you crushed the, uh, the football metaphors. I was, I was thinking that I was going to have to carry the rock the whole time, but you stepped up.
0: Well, I thank you because when I was in high school, I went to every football game that my uh, high school team played, and I did not have any idea what anything meant. I just cheered when the cheerleaders cheered.
1: Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they're there for. They are cheerleaders, so they did their job too.
0: That's right. Okay.
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much, Karen. This was really fun, and um, we will post this in time for the NFL season, I promise um... But if you're listening to this, you know that. (laughs) Uh, So I want to thank you uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time. You have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, She has her own radio show uh, every Wednesday called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. And in just five minutes, Karen will present a relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. Uh, That is on the Sex talk radio network you can also uh, find that on her website dr and on her website she has a uh tool it's a set of audio and video tools that are produced by karen called pillars for partnership so be sure to check that out and of course we have this stuff listed on our website links to karen's web website on hitchedmag.com. Uh, If you have any questions, if you have any ideas, if you have any other metaphors you want to beat to death like we did today, uh, be sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest, Periscope. Uh, We are on them all, and we uh, love hearing from you. So uh, good luck to your favorite sports team this season. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you so much, Karen. I love our podcasts. Me too, Steve. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for us this week.